0: So, okay, so we just got done uh, wrapping up a series, but not just a series, um, really an entire time of corporate um, fasting and prayer. We just got done wrapping up the Pray First series. Um, And one of the things that I really wanted to point out with that is just because the series is done and just because that whole corporate time of prayer is done, we shouldn't necessarily see it as an ending point. There's a lot of awesome things that happen when we set that time aside at the beginning of the year. We'll hear stuff, we'll get clarity from God, we'll get breakthrough healing. There's so many things we heard. We heard uh, so many great messages taught and preached about prayer. So we know what that does. But don't see this as a time of closing and waiting for something else to happen. It's actually taking what happened and using that as a springboard or a launch pad into the rest of the year so really we were we're positioning ourselves for what god has in store for us for the rest of the year and when i think about that and actually just in talking with people it's actually really really exciting to me because what's going on whether you've sensed it or not there's this anticipation there's this this stirring up within people not just any people, but, but God's people, God's children. There is this stirring up within people right now. And I've, I've heard it from many people. I've seen it in many different areas. And it's like all of last year, there was this process of stirring up. Regardless of what last year looked like, even through some of the turmoil and some of the junk, there was still this, this stirring up. Some people, they couldn't even put words to it. Just kind of like, I, I, I don't know what's going on, but God's up to something. God is up to something. I don't know what it is. It's stirring up inside of me. And God just kind of gave me this picture of what that looked like. And, and during my time of prayer and fasting, my, my wife said to me at one point, I don't remember when it was, she said, You know, are you, are you getting any words for this year or whatever? We've, we've had some pretty cool testimonies during this time of prayer and fasting. But are, are you getting any words for anything? She like, said, "I got a couple words." So she wanted to hear, like, if I heard anything. And I, I really, really, to be honest with you, I wasn't really praying for anything specifically; just praying in general. And so I was like, "No, I, I haven't." But you know, I'll, I'll spend some time with God and, and see what He says. And so I was getting excited about that because, for me, when I spend time with God, I'll, I'll make sure everyone's out of the house. Um, everyone's out of the house, and I don't tell them to. I just find a time when they're all in the house, and I go. I go to my spot you know, and I get my Bible and usually there's a cup of coffee involved or something and, and get the praise and worship music going and, and it's, it's literally an event for me. And, you know, I'm usually snotting all over myself or something and, and God's showing me something amazing and so as soon as my wife said, did you get a word yet? I was like, no, but it's like, oh man, this is going to be good, you know. I'm going to sit down with anticipation and, and hear what he has to say, what he has to say. And I did not even Think. I didn't even start thinking about it. And all of a sudden, this word hits me like that. And it was forward. Forward. That's it. And I'm like, okay, that's not you, God. Because I didn't even get to do my routine. That came too easy. That came too fast. And it's too simple. <laughs> you know? And um, it wouldn't leave. That word forward would not leave. It would not leave. So I'm like, okay. Um, well, God, if you're really, you know, giving me this word forward, well then you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to expand on that a little bit. And to be honest with you, I'm like, seriously, forward. Like that's the name of all the conferences. Forward. That's like the word that you hear. We're moving forward, not backwards. You know, and, and all these. You always hear messages about forward and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, Lord, come on, something like deep. You know, give me something deep, something to chew on. And it was forward. And he, and he started showing me this picture, that anticipation that a lot of people had been sensing is actually coming to a point right now to where, well, he kind of explained it to me like a roller coaster. How many of you have ever been on a roller coaster? So when you're going up the hill, in the roller coaster there's this anticipation it's building and building and building and building and right when you get to the very top all of a sudden something happens click. click and then nothing and it's like hold on here we go and he showed me that that build of anticipation is getting to the point of where it's at the top of the hill and there's going to be this forward momentum And not only along with that forward momentum, there's going to be an acceleration. So just to paint a better picture, um, just watch this really quickly. This is what I'm talking about. That'd be fun. So that, that point, that, that right at the top, where that anticipi- anticipation meets the forward momentum, God said, that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at, not just here at Res Life, but his church in general. And there are so many things happening. I, I feel like we're at this place where um, we're starting to understand and, and fully get where we are as far as like, our identity is. Like we heard, how many of you were here on Sunday? How many of you saw the video, the Heart for the Kingdom video? It's awesome. And in the video, I believe Pastor Dwayne said, the church is not the building, the church is the people. And I really feel like the church is at a point to where they can fully accept that and God's showing them what that looks like. The anticipation is building and we're at that point where where people are realizing that we are the people. I'm gonna take it one step further, one step further than we are the people. The church is the gathering of the people with one thing in common, the new birth. But here's the key. We're also a group of people who have received God, we contain God and we broadcast God to the world around us. And that understanding, I'm seeing it click more and more and more and more for people. So where that anticipation is meeting an understanding, there's this forward momentum this forward momentum where we're at. And it's a very, very exciting time. We're gonna talk about that a little bit um, tonight. And really what, what um, the main point and the main focus of tonight is, it's not gonna be necessarily sitting and learning or sitting and teaching, but the main focus is gonna be standing and activating. So there's gonna be a time at the end where we'll have some activation. So, um, the title of this message is Setting Your Posture to Forward. That word forward that I got. It's a choice. We can set our posture to forward. So I want to I define what I'm talking about really quick before we dig into this. Um, I'm going to give you a definition of posture. Okay? So posture, this is just right out of the dictionary. Um, it says the position in which someone holds their body when standing or sitting. So just like this right here. This is posture. This is a... a, a physical meaning of posture, but there's also another definition of posture. It says a particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach or an attitude. So what this is talking about is a standpoint or a point of view, an opinion or a frame of mind. So posture is just as much an internal mindset as it is a physical stance. So a posture of forward in our relationship with God is, how would I define that? I would define that as a relentless pressing in or pursuit of his nature. A relentless pressing in and pursuit of a relationship with him. Now I'm very visual, you notice the video. Jake, if you can come up here really quickly. I want to show this to you so that you can kind of get this image um, of of what I'm trying to talk about. So if you notice, Jake is uh, standing. He's got good posture. Um, It's not really, you know, he's doing everything on his own. He doesn't really need my help for that. But watch this a minute. Once he sets his posture to forward, he's relying on me a little bit. Stand back up a minute. Now, where Jake is right there, standing on himself, what's the likelihood of him hearing my heartbeat from where he's at right there? Slim to none. All right, go ahead and set your posture to forward. So as he starts setting his posture to forward, he's slowly and slowly relying more on me and less on him. Don't drop me. I won't. (laughs) That would be fun how likely is Jake to hear my heartbeat now? More so. I want you to, this is, um, do you trust me? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> let to see how long we can hold it. I want you to keep this image in your mind. This is a posture forward in relationship to God. The more and more Jake leans forward, the more and more you lean forward in your relationship with God, the more and more you rely on him and the closer you are to his heartbeat. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about with a posture of forward. We need to set our posture to forward in our relationship with God because all of the anticipation that's building up in the body of Christ right now, it's going to take our part to set Everything that we do, on purpose, to set it in front of us in a way to where we're hearing God's heartbeat. We're going to look at a couple of scripture, and I'm going to show you a couple of examples of this, and then we're going to we're going to paint a little better picture for you of how this applies to you in your life. Um, and maybe I'll I'll share a quick testimony if I have time. But um, really quickly, um, we're going to go into Joshua six six. So this is a story about Joshua um, and uh, they're taking the city of Jericho. Um, You guys can go ahead and put that on there. I'm just going to go ahead and read. It says, So Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. Then he said to the people, Go forward. There's the key word, forward. And march around the city and let the armed men go on before the ark of the Lord. And it was so that when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of Ram's horn before the Lord, went before them, blew the trumpets, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord followed them. Long story short, here's what happened. Joshua heard from God. He heard a strategic plan on on how to take a city that was necessary in order for them to move forward. But after he heard that word, they set their posture to forward. They grabbed a hold of what God was saying to them and they postured themselves in a way to where they fully activated everyone in that state of pressing forward in what they were doing. Here's the key though, if you notice, it says they had the Ark of the Covenant with them. So not only was Joshua hearing from God, he set his posture to forward but they also did it in the presence of the lord that's that's very key now when we think about that we're like okay well yeah i mean if i was trying to take on a city i i would probably do what god told me to do too i mean he god gave joshua a plan that that wasn't really your typical battle plan he told him to march around the city seven times and the walls would fall and we look at that and we're like well yeah, I'd I'd probably do that too, you know, if God did what he did. Think about this. What if you really wanted a job and you really wanted to work for this employer and it was like the number one employer in the United States? And God said, you know what? I'm going to give you that job. It's yours. Not only is it yours, but once you get the position, you're going to be able to hire all of the staff that you want. The old staff is actually gonna leave and you're gonna shape the company the way that you wanna co- shape it. But here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to apply. I don't want you to network. I don't want you to call your buddies. I don't want you to call the people that you know and try to get into the company. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to drive down there, park in the parking lot, but park in the southwest corner as far as you can from the building. And this is what I want you to do. Call your pastor, and have him bring all of his pastor friends, call your worship team from church, have him bring everything that they got, and I want you to march around that company seven times, and they're going to come out and hand you the job. Now would you do it? I guarantee you that your posture would have to be set to this in order to carry something like that out. But that's the point. When our posture is set to that full forward and we're totally relying on God, we're hearing Him and it doesn't matter what He says because we can trust in that because we're close to His heartbeat. One other thing that I want to show you really quickly um, if you notice the sequence, God spoke, the posture was set forward, God's outcome happened. So let's jump ahead. We'll go New Testament, so I can show you Old Testament and New Testament. Mark 3, 3. Uh, This is when Jesus um, was healing people, and for whatever reason, people had a problem with that. I don't understand that, but um, it says, he entered again into the synagogue, and a man was there whose hand was withered. They were watching him to see if he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, get up, and come forward. There's that word, forward. And he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. After looking around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness of their heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The man that had the infirmity set his posture to press into what Jesus was saying and what he was telling him to do, to literally stretch it forward. His posture, that mindset, everything that he was, pressed into God, pressed into Jesus. In that moment, Jesus spoke. Posture to forward. Jesus' outcome. One more example. Mark 14 Starting in verse 60. And this one's interesting. You'd be like, oh, this one doesn't apply. Um, the high priest stood up and came forward, keyword forward, and questioned Jesus, saying, Do you not answer? What is it that these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest was questioning him. The high priest was setting his posture to forward, he was coming at Jesus. Pursuing him. The high priest was questioning him again, saying to him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed one? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Tearing his clothes, the high priest said, what further need do we have of witnesses? Same sequence. Jesus spoke, posture set to forward, outcome. This case is interesting though because the high priest was going after Jesus with the wrong intention or the wrong heart or out of the wrong attitude. But what happened? It still happened. He set his posture to forward and he was still met with truth. The reason I wanted to bring that up is because sometimes we set our posture to forward in a wrong way. What does that look like? Sometimes we press into God and we, we, we set that posture forward and, and press in and press in and press in. Maybe it's a situation that we don't understand. Maybe it's a God. How can you be a good God? You're pressing into God. You're setting that posture forward and you're asking him the question of why. Why God? Why this? Why now? Why has this happened? Even with the wrong attitude, you're still going to be met with truth. It may not be based upon your own understanding, but it's based upon his. So even when we set our posture to forward with the wrong attitude, God is still going to use it for his good. It's an amazing thing. If you look at it, the closer and closer and closer we get in our relationship to God, the closer we are to his heart, the closer we are to his truth, the closer we are to his understanding. And to me, my opinion, that right there is where we were meant to live our life out of all the time. I'll give you a quick example of this um, in my life. Um, it, was, it was during one of these times of, of, of fasting and prayer, and um, my, my wife and I were both praying. Um, we were in a time of transition with our housing and, um, we were both praying, you know, Hey God, you know, where's it? We're praying for a house and, um, we're praying, you know, where is it that we're going to move? We're thinking what street in the school district that we're already in you know, God, you've got a house for us somewhere. So we were really pressing in and just believing and, and you know, trying to, trying to just per- pursue God during the time of prayer and fasting about, about a house and where we were supposed to live. So year one that we're praying for this, I hear the word Dallas, Texas. And so I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, um, Dallas, Texas. There might be a conference or something that I'm supposed to go to or maybe something crazy will happen and someone will invite me to Dallas. Um, and I just kind of tucked it away. You're two of doing the fast. My wife hears, you're to move to Dallas, Texas. Now, the first time I heard it, I never told her about it. When she heard it, she said something to me. We heard it separately a year apart. So we're like, wow. So what happened in that situation, we set our posture to forward and God spoke something to us. Long story short, I'm standing here in front of you. But we started to pursue it. And we're like, okay, God, we really feel like you're telling us to move to Texas. So we set our posture forward. We leaned in, and the more and more we leaned in, the more he took us down this path that was absolutely transformational. He showed us things, he talked to us, he spoke to us, he gave us confirmation after confirmation after confirmation after confirmation, everything that we needed for him to get us to a point to where we were ready to go to Dallas, Texas. Even as much as um, I, I was at work one day and I, I was thinking about this whole thing, like, how's it going to work? Um, and, and God says, I want you to go there on vacation. I want you to check out some neighborhoods. Um, just take the whole family down there, check out some neighborhoods, and that's your next step. So I told nobody about that. Nobody. I'm at a prayer meeting that night. We're stacking the chairs at the end of the night. And a friend of mine, Maurice, um he looks at me and he goes hey I was like hey Uh, he goes go on vacation what he goes I don't know I was just sitting here and all of a sudden I just saw these words fall on you and said go vacation like dude you have no idea what you're saying so stuff like that was happening during this entire time of setting our posture to forward Um, just to tell you the outcome of of what happened I started uh, applying for jobs, and nothing happened. Um, and all of a sudden, it was like a brick wall. Now, this whole time that we're telling everybody, we're telling everybody, we're moving to Texas, we're moving to Texas, You know, start praying for us. Um, we're, we're planning on going to Gateway Church. Um, I actually met with Bob Hamp. Bob Hamp knew what was going on. He was praying for us. I mean, it was cra- it's, all of these crazy things happened. Um, so we're, we're going, telling Pastor Pat, hey, Pastor Pat, pray for us we're going to Dallas Texas all during this time God's telling Pastor Pat you need to hire that guy Pastor Pat's like what? Huh?" for those of you who don't know who he is he's he's a, a pastor here um, in nursery and preschool um, so long story short um, after doors start closing and it's like it, it's it's not going to happen Pastor Pat takes me out to lunch and he says to me he says when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, was he truly wanting him to kill his son? I was like, no. And as soon as I said no, I was like, oh, geez, here we go. I knew he, where he was going. He said, what was he after? He so he was after his heart. And he said, I'm not trying to change your, trying to change your plans or anything, but I think, Dallas, Texas, was a sacrifice, and God was just willing, wanting to see how far you were willing to go, and and He wanted to see where your heart was at. But all of that, that entire testimony, there's so many things that happened during that time, was all out of a time of where my wife and I set our posture to forward, to where we were at this point right here, doing some crazy, crazy things, telling our parents who didn't necessarily understand when. When you tell your parents God told us to move to Dallas, Texas, <laughs> and they don't necessarily understand that—that's—that's taking a step out. When you're telling people that God told us to move to Dallas, Texas, because there wasn't any other logical reason, we had nothing. We had nothing. Oh, are you going down there for a job? No. You going? You going? You know? You have family down there? No. Why are you going? Well, we we're praying about it, and God told us to go to Dallas, Texas. So in that time of fully relying on him and everything that we were doing, we set our posture to forward. So what does that look like for you? In Matthew 28... 18 through 20. These are some of Jesus' last words. It's it's known as the Great Commission. But it says Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, Make disciples of all nations. How do you disciple a nation? what is it that's discipling our culture right now if you look at it what's shaping our culture absolutely the churches that's just a part of it though what else is shaping our culture i mean if you look at politics politics are shaping the culture media education business families families shape our culture so if you look at that where where Jesus is saying make disciples of all nations we have to have some type of influence in the things that are shaping the culture so where am I going with this well let me just show you really quickly how many of you have influence in the business area go ahead and stand up any form of business. How many of you have influence in church or religion? Go ahead and stand up. How many of you have influence in family life? Stand up. How many of you have influence in education? Stand up. How many of you are a believer of Jesus Christ? Stand up. You shape culture. You disciple nations. It doesn't happen here, it happens when you leave here. But it's going to take this. This is the only way it's going to happen. because when we're truly in this position, we have something to offer that nobody else can offer. Information is at your fingertips. We can get access to pretty much anything that we want, but the one thing that the world cannot duplicate is his presence. The one thing the world cannot duplicate is an encounter with the God that we know whether it's through love, through touch, through ideas, through inventions, we have something that the world does not have. I don't know about you, but I want that shaping my culture. When Jesus dealt with people, You can stay standing, please. When Jesus dealt with people, he dealt with people as if they were already redeemed. He saw people from an already redemptive place. Whenever we understand something like that, God isn't just showing that to us for our knowledge, it's an invitation to a lifestyle. That he has for us this right here is an invitation to a lifestyle that he has for us god wants us to hear his heart in every single situation that we're in whether it's at home in the workplace wherever it is everywhere that we step foot we bring the kingdom of heaven and he's got something for us in that situation god's wanting us to put people above problems remember Jacob's uh, uh, Jake's ladder not Jacob's ladder Jake's ladder Jake's ladder that was right here last week remember when he was talking about when you're praying pray from up here that translates into every single thing that you do not just the prayer closet but the boardroom the schoolroom, the classroom wherever it is you can have that perspective but it takes this It takes this, setting your posture to forward. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's my official signal to come up onto the stage. (laughs) Very covert. (laughs) Here's what I'm going to do. This isn't an altar call. Jared's going to play a song, and maybe one of you come up, but I'll, I'll be right here. I just want to give every single person here an opportunity to set their posture forward now we talked about the physical stance but it's also also a mindset and it doesn't really matter where we're at in our relationship with god there's always more there's always more of this you can always lean in closer you can always pursue him more in your relationship so what i want to do is just give you an opportunity to set your posture to forward. If this has spoken to you, if this has hit you right here, setting your posture to forward, putting your faith to that by just stepping out and coming forward. We're going to do a, a, a worship song here. and It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you and God. This isn't a bad thing. This is a really good thing. Before we do that, there may be one or two people here that came here and they, like, I just came to go to church and you're talking about roller coasters and posture and all this other stuff. And dude, I don't, I'm not even sure about this Jesus guy. (laughs) And you're talking roller coasters and crazy stuff. I want to make something very, very, very clear. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus here. Jesus came here, he was beat, he was whipped, he was mocked, he was nailed to a cross because God loves you. Not only did he die, but he came back to life. He defeated the devil so that the, the, the devil had no control over your life. Plain and simple. God sent that gift to you. And it's just as simple as receiving Jesus and what he did for us. So if you're not sure about this whole roller coaster thing that we're talking about, and you're still wrestling around in your mind if this Jesus person is is real or not, um, a couple prayer partners will have you just come over here down in the corner. During this time of praise and worship, just head down right over here, talk to a prayer partner, they'll pray with you and they'll explain it to you a little bit better than what I just did.